and we're happy you're here this morning. So glad to be in the house of the Lord. Kids, um, if you'd like to wave flags, there's flags up here. Adults, if you'd like to wave flags, there's flags up here. And as we open in worship this morning, let me read um, Psalm 96 to you. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name, proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared among all gods. How I long to be the heir of heaven. My pain is gone, and mercy fills the streets. To look upon the one who bled to save me and walk with him for all eternity.
Should I just yell? No, good thing I didn't there. That would have had very negative consequences. Okay. Uh, good morning. Uh, my name is Jake Kostelik. I will be your host this morning. Uh, welcome here to New Life on a sunny day. Uh, feels like spring's around the corner or maybe here, uh, which is wonderful news. I'm really, really glad for this beautiful day and to see you all here. Uh, special welcome to our guests if you're a guest here at New Life. Um, or if you're a guest online as well, we're, we're happy that you're joining us. Uh, our, our aim is to connect with you. We, we want to be a church that connects and builds deep relationships. And to do that, we, if you're a guest, we need to know who you are and that you're here. So if you would be willing to fill out a Connect card, that would be really helpful for us so we can reach out. So if you're here in person, it's in the chair in front of you. Fill it out, drop it off um, in the collection boxes or in the info booth near the doors there. And if you're online, drop a comment, and a host will reach out and connect with you. If you fill out a Connect card in person here and bring it into the foyer, uh, the info booth, you will receive a New Life gift bag, including some great coffee and a tumbler, which is awesome. So please do that. So we're going to switch things up a little bit here on how we do these uh, morning announcements and hosting. So we are going to, at this point, invite the little lights down to here. So... Let's try this out, guys. Follow with me. So, kids, little lights, you paying attention? I can see a bunch of you out there. If you are three, four, or five years old, three, four, or five years old, and you're in little lights, come on down here, and we're going to dismiss you in a minute. But first, just come on right down here. So as you're walk, working your way down, um, if you're serving in little lights, please also come down. Parents, you can bring your kids downstairs or let leaders help them through as well. Uh, we're going to just start with a quick prayer over these kids before they head out. So we'll give you a second to come down. Uh, we're just uh, excited to see you. Oh, look at there are lots of kids here. And they keep coming. This is great. Okay. Good morning, little lights. Good to see you all. I'm going to start with a prayer of blessing and New Life Church. We want to bless these kids as they head out and that the Lord will bless them this morning as they're here learning downstairs. We don't see them, but we want them to uh, feel a real part of the service. So New Life, if you want to extend a hand, we're going to pray a blessing over these little lights. Dear Lord, thank you for these children. Thank you for the little lights of this church, for this next generation I thank you for your love for them. I thank you that each one of these kids is made in your image, that you know them and that you love them so deeply. We pray that you will bless them in Little Lights this morning, that they will uh, learn more about you, about your love, and about how much you know and love each one of them. pray that you'll bless them today and through the rest of their lives, Lord. Amen. Okay, kids, Little Lights, you can head out that way. Thank you. Enjoy the service. So kids, grade one to five, will be joining us during the spring break, which is now. So if, you have, if you're in grade one to five, you get to join us. I think there is some activity books as well. Um, so welcome, Kids Church. So at this time, I'd like to invite the team that is going to Bogota, Colombia, to the stage for a commissioning. And while they're coming down, so come on down. And while you're coming down, I have uh, another announcement. The Sherakea Musical Fundraiser is happening on Saturday, April 1st, here at New Life. 
So this is a fundraiser for New Life's refugee sponsorship of the Colombo family. Um, this will be an amazing night of celebration, music, and culture. The event starts at 7 p.m. and is open to all ages. So that's Saturday, April 1st. Uh, tickets are $20 per person and $15 for youth and children. And they can be purchased in the foyer, I think right over there in the foyer, um, after the service. So you can visit, or you can go online and visit newlifecrc.ca slash events. Sean? All right. Well, this is the Columbia team. I'm so excited to be able to uh, be part of it, but also uh, to be sent by New Life Church. Uh, we, as a team, are uh, being sent by you to uh, Bogota, Colombia, to uh, participate and partner with a ministry that we call a brand new life uh, society. Uh, that's who you give to. Uh, most of you, or many of you, are uh, more familiar, perhaps, with Fernando Trevino. It's the ministry that he directs in Bogota, uh, Colombia. Um, and it's actually uh, Youth for Christ is what it's called in Spanish. Um, Fernando uh, works among youth in the city there, uh, providing all kinds of classes and support groups, social activities, tutoring, sporting events, many things. He's just purchased uh, or uh, just rented a new uh, facility, and so we're so excited to be able to go down there. And this is our team uh, right here. Well, not Sean. Sean's going to pray over us, so uh, just kind of... So uh, John Fictory and uh, Eric Hugenrad, they're our construction guys because Fernando is so excited that uh, we're able to renovate this new place uh, that he's having. And uh, so so, uh, we'll be working for them, uh, essentially. Uh, (laughs) They don't even know what they're doing, though. Um, uh, Pete uh, Vandermeulen is uh, part of the team as well. Pete actually just came back from Lowry, Honduras. Uh, right? Uh, this past Friday. Uh, so, world traveler uh, going with us uh, to Bogota, Colombia. John Wickerink. Uh, also, uh, um, uh, how many times have you been to Lowry? A few. Yeah, like seven or something. Yes. Uh, Janessa, who has been uh, uh, my assistant, actually, she's the one that's organized the trip. I just uh, came up with the idea and then uh, she made sure we got tickets and stuff so we can actually get there. Um, and then um, I knew I would do this. Uh, Victoria, uh, Victoria Boada. Um, and she um, is coming along. She's a uh, fourth year student at UFV on uh, studying global development. So we're so excited to have her here uh, along with the team. And she speaks fluent Spanish. So we're going to depend on her a lot. Go. All right, um, so I get the task of uh, telling you what we're, what we're going to do in Bogota. So um, as with any mission trip, our objective is to help and to learn. We want to um, learn about ourselves, grow deeper in our faith with Jesus, as well as learn more about Fernando's ministry and the wonderful work that he's doing there. Um, he is well-loved by this congregation, and so we get to see firsthand what he's doing, and we get to report back to you all the wonderful things that are happening in Bogota. 
Um, we also will be helping and encouraging, encouraging his ministry, as Pastor Nathan says. As said, one of the pieces that Fernando is excited about is that he just acquired a large ministry space. Um, and that requires a fair bit of renovation. So we'll be helping painting, um, setting up rooms, setting up media, setting up kitchens. There is talk of throwing cement at the wall and seeing what happens. Uh, as you can look at me, I totally know how to build and construct an entire house. So I definitely know what I'm talking about. Um, and it's the hope for Fernando to buy this space. It's just under $50,000 Canadian. Um, and there's an opportunity as well for, um, uh, for us to help with English classes, women's ministry, and some tutoring as well. One more thing, too. Uh, there, uh, this is not the complete team, actually. Uh, Greg Vandermeulen, son of Pete, uh, is already there. He's, uh, he's going to be uh, having spent two months uh, down in Bogota, so we're going to meet up with him. Greg Vandermeulen is also a member of our missions team as well. And then uh, just open up a space right here. Right here is Tony DeWall as well. And so uh, he'll also be participating with us, but he is working up north right now, so he's unable to be with us. But um, as you pray over the team, uh, include those people as well. She made coffee this morning. And she's gone. Okay, I think she was up all night uh, at the cold weather shelter, right? So, uh, yes, and Winnie, yes. All right. So, New Life Church, I invite you to extend your hand toward the team as we pray for them as they are sent off to Colombia. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to send a team to Bogota, Colombia, to work alongside Fernando and the ministry that he's doing in Colombia. Father, we pray for your protection and safety um, over this team as they renovate and work on this building. We also pray for their safety as they travel. Father, we pray that you would fill them with your spirit so that you would enable them to do their tasks faithfully and joyfully. Fill this team with your love, your strength, and your wisdom to do the work faithfully as they are sent to Colombia. Father, we pray that you would use them in such a way that would encourage and bless Fernando's ministry and ultimately what you're doing in Bogota, to partner with you in what you're doing, to be the hands and feet of Christ in Bogota. Father, we also pray for Fernando's ministry. We pray for all the children and youth to encounter Christ through their ministry programs. All the children and youth that come through their programs, may they encounter you um, and, and experience your presence through this team and through the ministry team there, God. Father, we also pray that you would further your kingdom through the work, that's, work centers that are being formed in three different places in the country. May your presence and kingdom be furthered and, and, and dwell in those places. Father, we also pray that you would provide new volunteers and leaders to support their ministry programs. We also pray that you would provide them with the financial provisions to not be in deficit each month as, as they uh, fulfill the ministry tasks, Lord. We commit all these prayers to you. We pray that you would answer them according to your goodwill and time. And we pray once again for your protection and, and, and uh, watch over this team as they are sent to Columbia. We thank you once again for this opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
That, that is some pretty exciting stuff to, to hear. Uh, an amazing group of people heading down there to partner with an amazing organization. So uh, our prayers will be with them as we go. Um, following up on that, um, we are taking our offering this morning for a brand new life society. Um, let's let this offering be our worship to God and our blessing of the efforts and the team, Fernando Tovino, um, in Colombia. So they're requesting a few specific things that will go towards, uh, and our, our fundraising will go towards what they need. So building supplies, uh, they have several thousand dollars worth of building supplies we need. For as Janessa clearly articulated, we're going to be throwing concrete at walls, and that is not free, so um, we need that. Um, IT equipment, printer, router, sporting equipment, um, and if you're looking for more information, they, he has a newsletter, so for, Fernando's newsletter is on the missions board in the foyer as well, um, and they send out a ministry update, so go check that out if you'd like. So we're going to quickly pray. Um, we've prayed for the team heading out. We're going to pray for the offering ahead here. Lord, thank you for um, a brand new life society. Thank you for the, uh, the work that Fernando and the entire team there does, the humble, diligent, hard work of glorifying you and honoring you through um, providing services, providing um, care for those around them, and for being your hands and feet in Bogota. And Lord, I pray that the team that will go down there will be uh, a rich blessing, and that the support that New Life CRC here in Abbotsford, even from a distance, will be felt uh, tangibly, that you'll work through uh, New Life and partnering with a brand new Life Society to, to really multiply your impact, Lord, and I pray that we will be able to bless in that effort. pray this in your name. Amen. Okay, it's offering time. Uh, for us to have, take fellowship time right now, and so, uh, <laughs> which is what I was just gonna get to. <laughs> Nathan, you jumped the gun a bit here. Please give me some time. <sighs> Micromanaging, Nathan. As I was just going to say, <coughs> it's greeting time, obviously, uh, fellowship time, and maybe I misread something earlier about the order of events, but. In the spirit of forgiveness, let's pretend that didn't happen and not mention it to anyone who wasn't here. Every Sunday, we have a fellowship time. Uh, as the body of Christ, we get to join together here, have community, unique opportunity to be Christ's body. Um, we're all many parts of one body, and it's, it's so cool to have just even these three minutes in the middle of the service to get together, um, to say hi, to bless each other, and maybe grab some coffee while we're at it. So... Uh, Little lights have already been let go. We know that. Kids Church, you can get the activity booklets. And uh, you got three minutes.
All right. Well, good morning again. Welcome to New Life. So good to be together. So we're in this series of messages called Portraits of a Savior, and this morning it just struck me that as we gathered together, uh, so this is the danger of, of, I guess, of communications and labeling things and so on, so Portraits of a Savior sounds like a great title, because indeed that's what we have. We have pictures of Jesus in, in the Gospels, and uh, in this series we're following the Gospel of Matthew and the pictures of Jesus that he has. But, but this could also convey the sense that Jesus is just a picture on a wall, and that's not why any of us came here this morning. We came here so that we would actually see Jesus. I, I hope, I pray that, that you've already been able to do that, um, to be able to see Jesus. It's that kind of thing that, that is portrayed by the Gospel of Matthew uh, in this story that we want to read this morning. It's from Matthew chapter 26. And it's a story uh, in which Jesus is looked upon by two, uh, different, two separate parties. One, a woman um, who is, uh, at least in Matthew, unnamed. John says her name is Mary, but Matthew leaves her name, un, uh, her name out of it. Uh, just to kind of, um, throughout Scripture, whenever there's someone who's unnamed, that means that uh, their status, at least, or how everybody else saw them, was lowered. All right? And so, uh, so there's this woman, unnamed. We don't know who she is. And then there were the disciples, that we're looking upon Jesus in this particular episode. Here it is, Matthew chapter 26. While Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste? They asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She's done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you'll always have with you, but you'll not always have me. And when she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly, I tell you, Wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. A tender story, and I hope you can begin at least to imagine what it was like um, to look upon Jesus. And it draws us into the story in such a way that, that we have to ask ourselves, what is it worth to me, to see Jesus? What is it worth to you? And the point of this story, I think, as Matthew conveys it, is is that sometimes there are things that get in the way of us seeing Jesus. And one of those things is simply the cost of seeing Jesus. The cost. 
here's a woman that pours out an expensive bottle of perfume. That's how much it was worth to her to be able to see Jesus, to be able to to sit at his feet. In 1936, when King Edward VIII of uh, the United Kingdom, uh, he was the uncle to Queen Elizabeth II, who just passed away. King King Edward VIII uh, was just uh, crowned uh, king of the United Kingdom, and he knew that he loved the Duchess of Windsor, who was actually an American woman named Miss Simpson. He fell so desperately in love with Miss Simpson that he wanted to marry her. However, he was the king of England. She was an American. She had been divorced already. And the British government did not permit it. Consequently, King Edward VIII had a choice. What was it worth to him to love Miss Simpson? And King Edward VIII is known as the king with the shortest reign because he immediately abdicated his throne. Apparently his love outweighed the cost of his crown. Something of what's going on here in this story as well. The woman's adoration went way beyond the costs that that she incurred. This bottle of perfume uh, was worth like a year's wage. So maybe $30,000, $40,000. Well, okay, inflation. $50,000. Whatever that yearly income might be. That's how much this, this little bottle of perfume was. And more than likely, it was um, this woman acquired it probably through heritage. It was probably an heirloom, something that not only was expensive, but had great sentimental value. And here's this woman, unnamed, no identity, no one that anybody particularly regarded, desperate to see Jesus, and she cracks open that jar, and she pours out this precious ointment on Jesus' head. She wanted to see Jesus, just to be able to be at his feet. No doubt a, a wonderful aroma lingered throughout the room for a bit, but in the end, All that's left of this anointing is a broken bottle. And so the disciples, they look at that and they say, it's not the worth of the cost of that perfume. The money money could have better been used for something else, which makes you ask the question, what did they think seeing Jesus was worth? 
These disciples, following Jesus every day, they began to take it for granted, something that we need to pay attention to as we follow Jesus every day, as we come week after week to church to simply take for granted the fact that we can show up here and we can sing our praises and we can hear a sermon and we can offer our gifts and to God and we just take it for granted that God's here. But what's it worth? What do you think seeing Jesus is worth? I'm not talking just about money, but but maybe also the sacrifice of of the comforts of, of a particular lifestyle. Or maybe the sacrifice of pride, or the sacrifice of freedom, or the sacrifice of being able to do whatever you feel like doing, or or whatever. When we see Jesus for who he really is, it's going to make an impact on the way we live, on, 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 the, on the things that we spend our money, our time, our effort, our focus on. How much, how much do you spend to see Jesus? Maybe in your case it is money. Money that you offer to God for an offering, recognizing how much God has done for you. And so you offer to God money, not just because some cause needs it, but because it's, it's the way that you show that you are desperate to see Jesus. What is it worth to you? What's it worth? Earlier we sang that song, You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all, for from you come all things, and to you belong all things. What's it worth for you to see Jesus? Maybe maybe for you it's not about money, but a willingness to accept the cost of a simpler lifestyle or a holier lifestyle. One of the dangers is that we get thinking, you know what, church is church, and the rest of my life is my life, and we separate the two. But maybe the worth of seeing Jesus is being able to sacrifice whatever you want to do to be able to say, no, I'm going to conform to the Lord's will in my life. See, the desperation, the the anxiousness to be able to see Jesus. Sometimes we're blinded by the cost of it. But sometimes we're also blinded by, by simple common sense, by our own practicality. I mean, to all according to all social expectations, this This woman was, well, probably careless. I mean, the disciples were right. Isn't this unusual, in the very least, to pour out a $30,000, $40,000 bottle of perfume onto somebody? Like, it doesn't make sense. Nobody in their right mind does that kind of thing. It's just... It's not, 
it's not practical. It, it's not, it doesn't seem wise to use resources in that way. But to the woman, seeing Jesus was worth putting aside all practicalities, all common sense. She forgot herself and everything that she was supposed to do and be and just took that bottle of perfume and poured it upon Jesus' head. She could have cast it aside because she could see and know herself best through Jesus. Do we miss seeing Jesus? Just because we're playing it too safe? Just because we're, we're looking at things and saying, well, that, that's, that's just a little too out of the box or that's too extravagant or what do we think we're doing? <laughs> there, there was a church uh, with a search team. They were looking for a pastor. And so they carefully considered all, all of the candidates. They considered Noah but he'd been preaching for 120 years without any converts. Well, what's good in that? That's, that's not going to work. So they thought, oh, let, let's get this John the Baptist guy. Except that John the Baptist, when he showed up for the interview, he dressed up like a hippie, and he wouldn't feel comfortable at a church potluck, and he would make people feel uncomfortable. So that didn't work. They interviewed the Apostle Paul, but he was found to lack tact. I mean, the guy, the guy just said it like it was, and he was so harsh, and he preached too long, people fell asleep. That wouldn't do. Jesus was a possible candidate, but he tended to offend church members. He had anger issues. He was a bit too controversial. That'd be risky. Yes, all in all, they concluded the best candidate was Judas. Judas would be the best pick. He seemed to be very practical, very cooperative, great with money. He cared for the poor. And, ah, oh, he dressed so nice. Judas, of course, was the character in the Bible that betrayed Jesus. And yet Judas represents that common sense approach to seeing Jesus. Make it all reasonable. And that reflects a lot of our attitudes, a lot of our expressions, which are often reflect more of Judas than this particular woman. Don't get carried away. Keep the expectations under control. Be practical. I suspect that sometimes we plan out our devotion too carefully. Or maybe simply out of common sense and practicality, we say, well, I, I just, I, I don't have time to be in search of Jesus. So, what we're talking about is not just doing, you know, crazy things, say, in worship or something. The Apostle Paul said, let everything be done decently and in good order. And so we expect that that is that common sense approach. And yet this woman did things decently and in good order. 
the part we often forget about is the fact that Paul also said, let everything be done decently and in good order. Everything. Anything that is in search of seeing Jesus. I don't know how you came to church today. I hope you came to church today seeking Jesus. And I hope that you leave this place today saying, I am going to seek Jesus this week. I want to see him. I want to be with him in this kind of desperation, in this kind of longing, in this kind of willing to put aside all cost and all common sense to see Jesus. But yes, sometimes the cost gets in the way. Sometimes common sense gets in the way. Sometimes even commitments get in the way, even noble commitments. Not the wrong things, but simply just All of the expectations and responsibilities and commitments that we've made in life get in the way of us seeing Jesus. Like feeding the poor. Nobody disputes that caring for needy people is important. In fact, if you look at Jesus' message throughout the New Testament, uh, he spends an enormous amount of time instructing the disciples and all of uh, the crowds of people that were listening of the importance of caring for people who live on the margins, the underdogs, the, the, the people caught in oppression or misery or, uh, or caught in sin, what, whatever. God's like, reach out to them. Show compassion. Show mercy to them. That's Jesus' message over and over and over again. And so, in that sense, the disciples were right again. That money could have been used to feed the poor, to show compassion, to extend mercy to people who were poor. But seeing Jesus is even more important. Mostly we reverse the order. So we make our good works count the most. We make ministry the primary aspect of our Christian faith. We make church our salvation. But it's Jesus. We've got to meet with Jesus. We expect working hard for God's kingdom. As noble as that is, we expect that that will get us the biggest reward. And so we get busy, so busy, that there's little time to enjoy, to bask in God's presence. Little time to feel the tenderness of his hand after a hard day. Little time to to glory in his goodness when we're at play. And then we never see Jesus. Seeing Jesus needs to be the priority of our lives. Maybe even today. Whatever you have planned, whatever you have scheduled for today, why why not just cut that out and say, I'm just going to sit here. I'm just going to imagine what it's like to be that woman pouring out $30,000, $40,000 out upon Jesus' head. What's that like? Oh, Jesus, what's that like to be in your presence? Jesus, what's it like to gaze on your face? What's it like, Jesus, 
to see your face as you prepare yourself on this road to suffering, about to be crucified, knowing full well that it will end in death. See, the disciples, they're oblivious to that. Jesus has told them already a couple of times that he's going to die, that he's going to be crucified. They're, oh, no, 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 we got stuff to do. You got things to, you got people to teach, and, and we're right alongside of you, and we're, we're going to have all the power and authority and all of the glory, and, and it's going to be great, Jesus. Just keep your chin up, and, and things will be fine. Not the woman. Jesus says, this woman has anointed me for burial. Why? Because it's in the death of Jesus that you and I have life, that we have salvation. I want to see that Savior. You want to see that Savior. How much is Jesus worth to you? Sixty-one-year-old elder in a church balked at the idea of this newfangled thing. Uh, this is years ago that of, of churches gathering in small groups. He, ah, I don't need that kind of thing. I just need to go to church. He said. He couldn't imagine seeing Jesus in a small group, but he joined anyways. And while he talked about doctrine and all of the things he knew about Christianity, there was a new Christian in his group. She talked about passion. While he discussed his theology, she gave a testimony of a life transformed. And while he prayed about profound issues, she prayed for hurting people. And then things began to change. He began to look forward to his small group meetings because he wanted to hear, he wanted to hear more of this wondrous love. And then finally one day, he said this. He said, I've been a Christian all my life, but I've only found now what Christianity is. It is a relationship with Jesus. And then he went on. I wish I, have, I would have found that out sooner. How good, how good it is to be loved by God. How wonderful it feels to love him. It is worth everything. That elder finally saw Jesus. What about you? Let's pray together. Jesus, we want to see you. We want to, want to know what it's like to be in your presence. And in your presence, God, we want to pour out our whole life before you. Because it's worth it. Because you are our Savior. You're the bread of life. You're the water that we thirst for. 
God, you are our Savior. Stir in our hearts, God, such a passion that every part of our life is in search of Jesus. We want to see you. God, forgive us when the cost doesn't seem worth it. God, we confess that sometimes we look at things so practically that we miss you altogether. God, sometimes sometimes we're just too busy in our lives. We think we're doing such great things for you. But we miss you. You're our Savior. Jesus, it's, it's all about you. And so we pray that you will transform us. That in seeing you, we may see you looking back at us. And know, know the wonder of your mercy Know the compassion of your love. Know the freedom of your grace to flow through us so that we can extend that joy to everybody else that we meet. So we surrender it all to you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand as we worship.
So as you go into this week, may it be said of you, have you been with Jesus? Who have you been with? You're different. You're different than other people I meet. And then you're able to say, yes, I have seen Jesus. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be and abide with you now and always. Amen. Amen.